Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 181. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, let's join together and thank our sponsor, Audible, as they make our daily show possible. Support Entrepreneur on Fire and go grab your free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Tina Forsyth. Tina, are you prepared to ignite? I am indeed. (laughs) All right. Having worked online since 1999, Tina is a Jill of all trades when it comes to creating leveraged revenue streams, establishing key systems, and building virtual teams to help your business thrive. She is the author of The Entrepreneur's Trap and creator of the Automate Your Growth Formula, where she teaches entrepreneurs her proven step-by-step process to set a strong foundation for business growth. Giving Fire Nation a little overview, Tina, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally. We really want to get to know you, and then tell us about your business. I kind of like to joke somewhat tongue-in-cheek that I'm a simpleton. And I'm, (laughs) it might sound funny to say, but I'm actually a little bit lazy in some (laughs) ways, right? I mean, I've been in business a long time. I love my business. You know, we work hard. But at the same time, for me personally, um, I believe that our businesses should not suck up our lives. I'm still in my bathrobe. Is that lazy? (laughs) (laughs) That's allowed. As long as you're working from home. (laughs) And it's audio only. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But, you know, I have two young girls. They're five and seven. And I'm married as well. And, you know, we have a relatively busy life, as I'm sure many parents can uh, can a- appreciate, especially when you have a business alongside that, too. So, I mean, for me personally, my focus is really my, my family, my kids and my business alongside that as well. And I really make sure that I carve out the time for both. Um, that's always been very, very important to me. So uh, my business as well, too, it's evolved over the years. I did start working online in 1999, started working for myself then and kind of evolved in various ways. But really, long story short, um, I've worked in the back end and have helped helped, uh, business owners manage their six, seven figure businesses for many, many years and started training other people to do the same about five years ago uh, under the title of being an online business manager. And we've created, I wrote a book for people becoming an online business manager and run a a certification training program for people who want to learn how to do that and want to learn how to work with and help uh, other six and seven figure business owners manage their businesses. And now we're very focused on, and in particular with my my new book that you mentioned already too, um, I'm kind of on the other side of the coin, if you will now, I'm working with entrepreneurs, uh, with our training company, our training and mentoring company to just really help people get their business set up so that it can run without them. Getting that ball rolling is so powerful, Tina. And we are totally going to be delving into that in depth later in the interview. But before we do, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote. It gets that motivational ball rolling for our listeners for that great content that you're going to be sharing with us. So take it away. I saw this actually on Facebook the other day. So I have no idea who who said this originally or where it came from. Um, But the quote is, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. 
That's a powerful quote. And I really want you to take it down to the ground level, Tina. How have you applied this mantra, this mentality to your life? You know, it's, it's kind of something I have to remind myself of from time to time, because I know for me, there's these, I'll always have these moments where I think, oh, haven't I made it yet? You know, isn't it all going to be smooth sailing from here? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I mean, there certainly can be moments and obviously there should be moments of enjoyment and and kind of being able to enjoy the ride, obviously. But at the same time, it's when you're in business for yourself, uh, in whatever way, shape or form that is, it is always going to be challenging. And I've heard people say over the years, I know this has been true for me, the idea that having your own business, being an entrepreneur, working for yourself um, is one of the best personal growth journeys out there. You know, I mean, for me, it's that and parenting. The two go hand in hand (laughs) (laughs) to challenge me to grow. Um, But really, it is. It's like it's not meant to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. And it doesn't mean it can't be fun and there can't be a lot of rewards. But at the end of the day, too, this is a challenging gig that we have going on when we work for ourselves, right? And if and it's kind of embracing that. I mean, some days I wish it wasn't true and that it could be smooth sailing, but... <laughs> well, Tina, speaking of challenges and obstacles, that's a great segue to our next topic, which is failure, which are challenges, obstacles that as entrepreneurs, we face every single day on certain levels. And I know that you failed multiple times in your past. I know that I have. It's part of yeah. the journey. So take us back. Take Fire Nation down to the ground level. We want to be there with you when you failed and share with us what you learned from that failure. You know, the one that comes to mind, um, this was probably, I want to say about four years ago now, and I had just shifted my business model uh, from more of like a consulting business, a one-on-one service-based business to a training company. And we were in the process of doing a launch for one of our new programs, right? And I had done launches before, but it was always like a fly by the seat of my pants, eh, just make it up as I go kind of thing. Um, But that was the first time with this particular launch, it was the first time where I was very purposely like, let's plan ahead, let's do it right, let's be strategic. You know, so I mean, I talked to a bunch of people and, you know, hired and did some sessions with people of what the best launch strategy would be and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Um, And we worked our butts off to do this launch, right? And it basically flopped. <laughs> you know, it was one of those where it was like crickets kind of thing oh. once once the launch actually happened. But, you know, it was really interesting to me because a couple of things, well, I mean, there's many lessons in that too, but I think one of the bigger lessons um, for me was, you know, being able to learn how to, how to pay attention to myself. Like at the end of the day, I had to make the decision regardless of what everybody else said. Because I found when I was doing this and I was talking to different people and I had hired different people to help with some launch strategy, everybody had a different uh, suggestion. Everybody had a different strategy. Everybody had a different, well, this would work or that would work or whatever it was. You know, and at the end of the day, I just remember this moment, too, where I'm like, oh, I got to just decide. You know, I mean, it's almost like an embracing the responsibility for my business in a sense, right? Because I think part of me was like, I got to find the right answer or got to find the right way or got to find the right thing. And at the end of the day, it was up to me to just say, well, this is, you know, I'll take this piece from here and this piece from there and I'm going to do this this way. Um, And granted, it it wasn't a successful launch in that sense, but that particular program that we created has since gone on um, in various ways to kind of do great things and has fit into some other work we've been doing really well. So, Tina, what were one of the major assumptions that you made during that launch that just failed? I think for me, we actually had a bit of a timing issue with it was part of it, right? Because we did, I couldn't even tell you the specifics of what we did now. It was 
I can't even remember exactly what it was, but it's sort of like we had this happen and that happen, you know, to build up the launch. And then we actually had a week between like when we built it up to when we opened it up for registration. Like there was almost like this ghost town week that happened. And looking back, I have no idea why we did it that way. But it was sort of, I think that was part of it. Um, and I also think too, what we actually were offering to people was not necessarily what they wanted to buy in that form, right? Like it was, um, we had that launch at that time was for one of the things that we have called the Thrive Hiring System. And it's really, it was really teaching people how to find and hire virtual support professionals, right? Because I work in the virtual world. Um, so one thing that kind of came out of that too is that a lot of people weren't necessarily looking to learn how to hire somebody. They just wanted to find somebody, you know, like it's like the need was still there, but I was coming at it from a, a, the wrong angle. That's a mistake that so many entrepreneurs make when they are launching their first major product or when they're just launching a new product and they just make all these assumptions and they don't actually test the market. And we recently had Eric Reese of the Lean Startup on the show and his mm -hmm. book, which is so great, really gets into how they did that as a company and failed because they spent so much time working with these untested assumptions so that when they launched, they realized that their target market, their audience really wanted something different. But if they had just been reaching out the whole time and doing a little beta testing and asking for feedback and criticism, they could have been really cultivating a much more viable product for their target market. What is one of the major things, Tina, that you would have changed if you could do this launch all over again? I mean, I think I definitely would have paid more attention to the timing of it. Um, and we would have changed what the actual launch was a little bit, like the actual offer was too, right? The package we had put together and everything. Because there's certainly value in it. Like it's something that we still have, our Thrive hiring system we still use. And it's actually kind of been rolled into the bigger picture of some other work that we do. But you're reminding me too, like years ago, uh, anyone who's in kind of like the coaching world uh, will probably know or may remember Thomas Leonard, who is kind of the, you know, many consider sort of to be the founder of the business coaching, life coaching um, industry. And he passed away 10 years ago now, actually. But he used to have, he used to run what was called an R&D team. And it's like what you're saying too, like testing the market, you know, looking at something almost a bit more R&D like. And I know there's other people now since who've come up with various strategies and programs around that same idea too. But one of the things I used to love that, that Thomas Leonard would do years ago um, is just really engaging people in the actual creation of whatever it was that he was creating too, right? So it wasn't just a, like a survey or something. It was like calls and feedback and conversations and all kinds of things that would happen around. It almost became a co-creation of some of the things that he was doing. Can you quickly define R&D for our audience? Yeah, that's what that was the term they used at the time. Just like, I mean, research and development, I guess, is the official term for that. But it really was... Um, Anytime, I'm just thinking back to like anytime Thomas would have a new training program, for example, he would literally like put it out there for people in the community. He had a large coaching community and training uh, organization at that time and put it out there to the community. People were invited to be part of this R&D team and that he would have calls. He would ask people questions. They would give feedback, you know, and this was before the days of social media. You have to remember, too, right, because this would probably be a lot easier. <laughs> now than it was then <laughs> right um there might have been like a bulletin board or you something mean, he involved. didn't tweet that okay yeah <laughs> yeah 
but he was a king of tweets, that's for sure, even before there was Twitter. Um, but, you know, it's really just this process of engaging people. So instead of, like you were saying, creating something kind of in a vacuum and going all out there and being, woohoo, here it is. You know, it was more a matter of like really co-creating it. And then at the end, people would really want to buy it because they were part of creating it. Yeah, exactly. Or they were real evangelists for it too, right? Great insights, Tina. And let's use that to move into the other end of the spectrum, our next topic, which is that aha moment. Because just like entrepreneurs fail every single day on certain levels, we also have these little light bulbs that are going off, these aha moments every day, week, month. So share with us, Tina, a time when a big light bulb just went off in your head and you said, wow, this is going to resonate with my authentic self, with my target market. And then share with us how you turned that moment into success. I actually had, see, I came from the world of behind the scenes and helping people run their businesses, right? So uh, when I worked as an online business manager for my clients for years, and so when I shifted my business model a few years ago, um, at that time, it was actually my coach at the time too, who was like, okay, Tina, you need to hire your own business manager now. And I was like, oh yeah, go figure. (laughs) You know, but I had this moment along the way, it was kind of um, Tiffany, who still works with me. Um, I had hired her just about three and a half years ago, I guess it was. And, you know, along the way, as we were working together, it was me getting more and more stuff off my plate, right? I mean, we all know the idea of you want to hire people and delegate and, you know, clear your plate to focus in certain areas and all that other kind of stuff. But I think one of the things I wasn't really prepared for was when I was letting go of certain things that I didn't really know what was going to replace that, like how much of my identity was kind of wrapped up in certain aspects of my business. You know, like I used to be the smartest person in the room you know, in the virtual room, if you will, too, right? And I was used to being the one who had all the answers and knew everything and can figure it all out. And it was an aha for me at a certain point to realize it's like, if I'm going to continue to grow this business, and if I'm going to continue to really, so, you know, set up the team and the structure and everything around me so that I can focus in a certain area and just do the things that I need to focus on, what I call a yes list, um, I had to learn how to let go of certain stuff and kind of let go of the identity of having to be the smartest person all the time. You know, like my, like even just something like when we started using Infusionsoft a few years ago, I mean, it was very purposeful for me. I'm usually the one who can geek out and learn all these things and, you know, know how to use it A to Z and all of that. I very purposely did not learn how to use it. You know, like my team knows, (laughs) you know, but I very purposely did not learn how to use it because otherwise I'm in there. I'll get sucked into it. You know, it's kind of like it just feeds into this um, this piece of me. If I'm not careful with it, I'll just get myself buried in all the little stuff, all the details. When a coach of mine said this to me, I think this was about a year or so ago, too. She said it really well, where it was like every level of growth in my business has meant letting go of more of things and then kind of embracing whatever's next. Tina, as entrepreneurs, all we have is time. It's truly our most valuable resource. And the more that we can leverage our time, our energies, our resources, our information, the better it is for us as entrepreneurs. So I just love where you're coming from and you're just really showing a very structured way of how to do it. I mean, at one time you were the business and then you brought in a very skilled and capable person and one by one you started taking things off your plate, freeing you up for other areas in your business that was more towards maximizing what you were trying to do as an overall message. So That's just great stuff, Tina. And it leads us to our next question, which is, have you had an I've made it moment? I mean, I think I have in various ways over the years. Um, One of the bigger ones would be, you know, even 
like even back in January, um, I mean, my biggest thing, I'm, what I aim to teach people is ultimately how to set up their business to run without them. Right. And so, of course, I, we always joke and say we are our own guinea pigs in this journey. You know, like our, my business is kind of the grand experiment in all of this. And me and my team will try this and try that and see what works and so on. Right. But, you know, it's really interesting because even in January, we were going to do a big launch of something and didn't for various reasons decided not to. But, you know, instead, we just came up with, all right, let's do this sale thing, which I rarely ever do. Right. So, I mean, revenue in January was still really great. You know, February, I was traveling the whole time. Um, I mean, I have some months where I'm traveling and some months where I'm not, but February was a big travel month for me. So we had, uh, we had opened up one of our, did a kind of a promo or a launch, if you will, for one of our training programs. You know, Tiffany, who is my business manager, also does the enrollment for this training program. I mean, we had a phenomenal month in February and it had nothing to do with me. You know, it wasn't me picking up the phone. It wasn't me doing whatever. Right. It's like I've built my business to the point where not only can it run without me, but it, it can actually grow without me now, too. So, Tina, are you enjoying the journey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely enjoying the journey. Enjoying the journey is such an important part of being an entrepreneur, because as you've alluded to multiple times throughout the interview, it's not always easy being an entrepreneur. I mean, you are able to call your own shots on certain levels, but at the same time, everything that you're doing in your business is all about you and you need to be Focus on the fact that you're working hard, you're playing hard, you're doing what resonates with you, with your audience. And so enjoying those milestones you're hitting, enjoying that journey as a whole is incredibly important to continue that long-term success that we all shoot for, that we all drive for in creating our viable business. So it's great to hear you're enjoying the journey. I loved your response about the I've made a moment because... Every single guest that I have on the show has a different answer to that because everybody looks at I've made it moments in a different way. Some people have I've made it moments every single day, according to them. Some people will never have an I've made it moment because that will denote the end of their journey and they never want their journey to end. So I love that question for its variety. I love your answer. It really leads us into the next topic, which is your current business. Share with Fire Nation a couple things that are just really exciting you right now. You mentioned earlier my book, The Entrepreneur's Trap, that came out in the fall. And, you know, that book was sort of a um, culmination of the past few years. You know, I would say probably about three years ago now, I had reached a certain level of success with our, our OBM training and certification side. And I started to get what I call the itch, where I was like, ooh, there's something else coming. I've come to realize I have like a three-year cycle and then something <laughs> new is going to show up. <laughs> You know, but it's like that book for me was sort of like the culmination of everything that had been brewing for a couple of years. And what we're really excited about right now in the business here in 2013 is, you know, we kind of have all these pieces in place now to really be able to support entrepreneurs in this journey to set up their business to run without them, right? We have our Automate Your Growth uh, business school, which is essentially, there's a few different programs in there, but it's really helping people automate their marketing, helping people set up automated or leveraged revenue streams so they don't have to do it all themselves. If you're in a service business, you'll be able to appreciate that. Um, and also too, to get really automate the business, like set up the management of the business, the systems, the team, all of that day-to-day -day stuff that needs to be done. Um, and we're also going to do something in the fall. We're doing a business retreat in the fall um, up in Banff, Alberta, which is where I live, yeah. so up in Canada. Um, but we're going to do a retreat there for business owners. We're calling it the Lifestyle Business Retreat. And it's really, you know, I kind of like to say the focus of that retreat is to be able to take a vacation and not have your business shut down. 
You don't take 100% unplugged vacation. You don't take your phone. You don't take your laptop. You're not calling and checking in with your team, you know, if you have a team kind of thing, right? Like, I just feel like because so many entrepreneurs get sucked up by their business that they're not looking at, and it, and it really can have some pretty uh, devastating effects in some cases on relationships, on health, on all kinds of things, um, if they're not careful and purposeful with it. You know, somebody joked the other day that idea of like, we, we start a business because we want to, many of us started businesses because we don't want to be in a job, right? But I mean, if you're not careful, your business is probably going to be the worst job you've ever had. <laughs> you don't ever get time off in some cases, right? So that's really the purpose of my work is just to help entrepreneurs. It's not just a fluffy like, oh, hey, take a vacation. This is like, no, you need to get this in place and that in place. And really, why are you in business? What do you want from your business? What kind of business are you building and why? Because some people go down the road, road of building a business they think they quote unquote should have versus one that they actually want to have, you know, and just making sure that all those pieces fit together. Your business should fit your life. And Michael Gerber said it incredibly well in the E-Myth Revisited. Just because you're passionate about a certain industry or certain niche doesn't mean you should go out and create a business around that because you might find yourself working in your business much more than on your business. Oh, gosh, yeah. Absolutely. So, Tina, what's your vision for the future? I do want to be able to kind of prove that model, if that makes sense. I mean, I want to be able to continue to have my business grow and expand and to require less of my time and energy as we go. Um, And I really, I mean, my vision is just really to help entrepreneurs do the same. It really is. I mean, I think it's amazing to be able to work for ourselves. We live in a world where the ease of entry into entrepreneurship is, is very simple for most of us, which is a wonderful thing from an opportunity perspective, but it's a, it's a scary thing from a beware what you're getting yourself into (laughs) kind of perspective in various ways. And I just really envision people being able to have the business that they like, that they want to create, serve the people they want to serve, and also have that fit their lifestyle, not only from a time, but from a money perspective and a satisfaction perspective too, right? I couldn't agree more that vision, Tina, and to use entrepreneur on fire as an example, I literally just had this vision that I wanted to create a daily interview podcast that talked to inspiring entrepreneurs and shared their journey. That was just a vision that I had. And because of the day and age that we live in, in this incredibly connected world, mere months after I launched Entrepreneur on Fire, it's currently being downloaded over 150,000 times a month in over 140 countries. Just the reach and the breadth is incredible. And it needs to just be inspiring to people to see if they can just have a vision, have a dream, have their aha moment, they can make a massive impact in this world. All right, Fire Nation, let's take a second here to once again thank our sponsor, Audible. They're the reason this content will always be free for you. If you love Entrepreneur on Fire, you will love the 100,000 plus audiobooks Audible has. And the book I want to recommend to you today is Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. This is not a business book, but man, it definitely inspired me. You can grab this audiobook for free and get a 30-day trial by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. I have been an Audible member for years now, and there are a number of reasons they're the only place to go for audiobooks. Audible provides the best value, the best customer care, and the best selection of titles. 
So go grab an audiobook today and support Entrepreneur on Fire by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. So Tina, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Tina, what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I never considered myself an entrepreneur. I considered myself self-employed for many years. I didn't think I could do it. What is the best business advice you've ever received? To not try to do it all myself. You know, it's kind of like get over myself and get the right support and help around me. Get over myself. I love that. Yeah. What's something that's working for you or your business right now? Listening. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Oh, I love, I'm all about time trade for scheduling appointments. It's just an online, I mean, there's many tools I love, but that's probably one of my favorites to schedule appointments online. Very cool. Well, like everything you've mentioned in this interview, it will be linked up at entrepreneuronfire.com slash Tina Forsyth. So Tina, could you recommend a book for Fire Nation? Predictable Success, which is by Les McEwen. Um, and it's really about the, the cycle, the life cycle of a business. And it's really amazing to help you see where you are. And in some cases, why things are as challenging as they are in the moment and that there is a way out. Love that. So Tina, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would go somewhere that other entrepreneurs were hanging out, like a conference or who knows what, something like that, um, and just talk to people find out what's going on, find out what's a challenge for them and see what I could create from that to help to serve them. Tina, you've given us some great actionable advice that will benefit our listeners on their journey. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then share with us how we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye. Enjoy the journey as much as you can, but while also realizing that at times it's going to be a challenge and it can suck. You know, I mean, really like... <laughs> It's two sides of the coin, but regardless, you keep going. You know, you need to keep going regardless. Um, and if anybody wants to connect with me, you can go to my website, which is tinaforsyth.com, and we'd love to see people there for sure. Tina, as I said, tinaforsyth.com, The Entrepreneur's Trap, will all be linked up in the show notes. Thank you for being so generous with your time, experience, and your expertise. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, what great idea do you have brewing inside you? Enough brewing. Take powerful action today. Go grab your domain and get your website up. I've created a simple seven-minute tutorial that will walk you through acquiring your domain for free all the way to your first post. Go to eofirewebsite.com to access this great tutorial, your free domain, and much more. That's eofirewebsite.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com. 
your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.